favorite thriller. Presented by The Thriller Fiction Podcast. Jim Heskett talks to thriller authors about their favorite thriller books. And now, here's your host. Hey, I'm talking today with Takiri. How are you doing, Takiri? I'm doing excellent, Jim. Thanks for having me. You actually do have a last name, but sort of like Beyonce or Cher on your uh, your book covers, you just use Takiri. Absolutely. <laughs> the way to go. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read a little bit of your Amazon bio now so we can find out more about this mysterious one-named woman on the podcast today. Takiri Hirath is the multiple award-winning author of the Red Heeled Rebels International Thriller Novels and the Rebel Diva Empowerment Series. She is also the founder of the Rebel Diva Academy, an education and media company designed to inspire and uplift women around the world. When she's not writing or plotting another fictional crime scene, she's in her kitchen cooking up fusion cuisine with a glass of red wine in hand and sweet jazz playing in the background. She's an adrenaline junkie who has rock climbed, bungee jumped, rode on the back of a motorcycle across Quebec, flown in an acrobatic airplane upside down, and parachuted solo. So, wow, that's amazing. That's quite a, that's quite a resume there. You've got to live life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Life's too short not to. Yeah. So, Takiri, tell us a little bit about you and your writing. I am a product of uh, many places. I grew up, I was born in Asia, I grew up in Africa, I've uh, uh, lived and worked in Southeast Asia and, and Europe and, and I've lived uh, in Quebec for a very long time with my then husband and now I'm in Vancouver, Canada. So when people say, where are you from? I honestly don't know, mm. <laughs> but I'm from everywhere. Uh, and I just share that because it is those experiences that really triggered me to write the books that I write. And uh, so it's seeing all these different cultures and traditions. It stimulates your brain, right? And you have to find a way to get it all out. But also there were a lot of things that I saw the good, the bad and ugly on my travels. So I had to, I wanted to encapsulate some of that ugly and I want to showcase it and find ways on how we can beat it. And in my case, I was talking about, because I grew up as a young girl, as a young woman in different cultures, I saw how they treated women. And then I come to North America where I walk into a boardroom with my pearls on and heels and I get respected. I get, I, I just, I, until recently I was, for 15 years I worked for the Canadian federal government and it's not the same case for women around the world. It's a very different story. And the fact that I'm so privileged, I thought I have to write these stories about women and I give them sass, I give them spunk and I give them submachine guns <laughs> and I let them loose around the world in places I've lived in and I'm just having a whole uh, ball of fun. Right. There's no better ammunition for a writer gun than life experience, right? That's so true. Yes, that is so true. So, Takiri, here is your first question, and it's probably the most important question. What is the grossest food you've ever had to eat? <laughs> uh, I do have an answer for that. I, I uh, was in South Korea at one point, and uh, we got lost. A girlfriend of mine, she was from Taiwan, and we decided we'll just go off to South Korea. Uh, we got on a bus in Seoul, and we put did one of those here's where we want to go on a map, kind of the tourist place. And we got on the bus that took us there, not knowing anything. Neither of us spoke the language. Uh, at least she looked Koreanish, so she got a pass. I didn't. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting ride. And we got to this little uh, shop, uh, in little town, where everything was closed except for one tiny hole-in-the-wall restaurant. And uh, 
I think I knew what I had for stew there, and you can imagine what it might be. We heard dogs barking outside, and they were tied up. So um, I didn't realize that until I left. We just, and again, we didn't read anything. Nobody spoke English. We just had the menu, and we did the, let's have that. Well, looking back, I don't think I'd ever do that again. I'm vegan now. (laughs) (laughs) But that was, uh, when I think of it, I go, wow, it's probably not something I would ever want to do again, ever. Ever. Yeah. Nasty. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, today we're talking about your favorite thriller, and the favorite thriller you said that you wanted to talk about was The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Stieg Larsson. Can you give us, for the five people out there who haven't yet read that book, can you give us like a spoiler-free synopsis or just a quick summary of, of what it's about? Absolutely. So there is a spunky, sassy woman in there, just like is uh, there in my novels. And... Uh, she teams up, or I should say there is a journalist who teams up with uh, um, a hacker of sorts, and the two of them go on an adventure um, in Sweden, and they work for one of the most wealthiest men in the country to solve a mystery, which they originally think it's a murder, and so the story goes. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, but it is suspense, it is thrilling, but it also talks to a whole bunch of themes that really resonated with me. Um, and I think that, well, there are movies made about it, so uh, it's, an, it's a really amazing book. So from what I remember from, from the book, and I read that and I saw the movie, I know that Lisbeth, uh, Lisbeth Salander is the, the female protagonist, and then there's Michael Blomkvist, Blomkvist? Yes. I don't know how you'd say his last uh, name. And they kind of have equal billing in the book. I mean, they're sort of like co-protagonists, but because of the series, Lisbeth is the is the character who's in all the all the books. So you'd call probably call her the series protagonist, right? Like she's the hero yeah. of the series. What do you think it is that makes Lisbeth Salander so compelling that people follow her across these multiple books? You know, I I can't speak for others, but I can speak for myself. Um, and maybe a lot of us who are just dying. Jim, we're dying for for normal, typical, uh, the regular woman in books. And I feel like I can, I have maybe sat next to somebody who looks like and sounds like and has had a past that Elizabeth Salander had. Um, she's not overly sexualized. She's not, she's just a, a regular woman that I would have gone to high school with, right? Even though I went to high school in Africa, in international school, I can, there were girls, I remember with the tattoos and the nose earrings and with that attitude, I've, I've, I've been one of them. So it's that very regular, normal, real woman for me. I can't speak for everybody else, but that's what attracted me um, to that book. And that's what kept me turning the pages because I wanted to, it was so raw, it was so real, and it was uh, something I could relate to. Uh, not the hacker part and not running around and, and solving those big crimes, but it's just the way she was and how she, she, she reacted. And, and also the fact that she's, she's, uh, she's so flawed to the, but she's not stupid. And if there's anything that bothers me about modern day thriller novels and, and, uh, suspense novels is how women are portrayed as just sniveling, dumb, slow-witted 
characters who can't make a decision to save themselves from a paper bag, while Lisbeth is hurt and and she's she goes through pretty much of a hellish childhood, and she stands up and in her own way she fights back and she makes people pay. So that makes me it's like that feeling of yeah that redemption that feeling of yeah she she stuck it to him, uh, and she wasn't stupid. And I think it's the the absence of the too stupid to live trope, which I keep seeing in books that as a reader, it just bothers me. I want to throw the books out the window when I read those books. And mm-hmm. then Liz Calendar comes on and she's just a kick-ass badass who's just a normal person uh, who's just trying to live a life that, um, that, that you know, you can just feel her, her, you can relate to her. Yeah, I think from when I, it's been a while since I read that first book, but from what I remember, I think Lisbeth Salander always gives you the impression in any scene that she's the smartest person in the room. But she and doesn't. But she doesn't. Um, it's not like uh, she 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 purposefully throws people away. I mean, I mean, I didn't watch the movie, but in the book, it's she just it's just her presence gives mm-hmm. that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you probably can't tell us too much about the villain without spoiling things, because if I remember right, the the real villain isn't uh, isn't immediately isn't immediately part of the story right that the villain is revealed later because it's more like a it's more like a mystery than it is a thriller where you know who the bad guy is from the beginning yes exactly would you would you describe this book as a as a page turner i i found it a page turner i read it in i think a day um, wow I just, I just wanted to know what what happened in the end so read it on a sunday i believe and i just got it to the end <laughs> it was what, great what do you think it is about the girl with the dragon tattoo that made it so page turny for you um, I, that's a good question. I think, uh, you know, what's funny, I'm a writer, but when I read, I always tell myself I have to look at how they wrote it, but I end up getting carried away by the, the story. Uh, I think, I think he's a really good writer. I think, um, I think the, the character and maybe it's the mystery too, what's going to happen next. Um, there aren't too many car chases and big buildings blowing up, but it had this very uh, strong res- underneath resonance, that current that took you along. Um, that's how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I'm just, I just loved the entire... There were many themes in that book, hey, that Stieg put in. And if you know his background, he's 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 also an activist. So when I read about all what he did, and then when I read the book, I understood where all these themes were coming from. So that kept it really interesting. I wanted to know where he would take that theme and where would we end up in? Because you can take this anywhere, uh, 360 degrees. What do you think those themes uh, that he was trying to insert into the book were? I like, because I've lived in different places, I have had dinner with a mayor of Vienna, and I've also had uh, a meal with somebody in a slum in Sri Lanka. So uh, he talked about, uh, sorry, no, he, Stieg, the the story that he he wrote had that theme of, uh, this is social dynamics, the um, corruption among large industries. You touch on them. That's the reason why the journalist was hired in the first place to solve this mystery, I mean, the work he was doing. So you talked, I mean, in a country where I've been to, it is one of the first world countries where uh, at a first glance, it is it is one of the cleanest in every way, society, corruption, um, and, and women's rights and all that stuff. And then yet underneath it, we're still this simmering issues. I guess we're all human at the end of the day. Um, I've also, you know, been to India where uh, as, a, as a child visited there and the corruption is, is in your face. 
right? It's 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 horrific. Some of the things that that some people it's, it's been so normalized that you talk to a normal regular Indian, they'll go, yeah, well, those kids begging, uh, that's just the way it is. But anyway, why to 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 go back to the book? I felt like the themes of corruption, the themes of collusion, the themes of um, just the different social dynamics, the rich and the poor, um, even in a country like Sweden, and of course. Women's rights and feminism, and and how this girl was treated by her uh, guardian, so to speak, the social guardian who mistreated her in a horrific way. Uh, all of those themes, I felt, um, was what made that book very. It was weighty. It was it was fulfilling. It wasn't it wasn't just popcorn. I I I, I read popcorn books, but this book made me feel like it was satiated at the end. I felt like I had a full meal that that was fully satisfying um, because it touched on all those themes and it was very realistic because of that does that if that makes any mm-hmm. sense absolutely yeah i remember in the um i think in the second book in the series i think that's the girl who played with fire or the girl who kicked the hornet's nest i get the numbers confused but i think in the second book he started off the book with some statistics about violence against women and so i think that was that's that's one of the things i took away from it was that was always that was another theme he was trying to get across was about um, violence against women. So you you say that if you say this is your favorite thriller, Takiri, what is the what's the one thing that makes this stand above all other thrillers? Why would you pick this one to say that it's your favorite? What grips you about the girl with the dragon tattoo more than any other book? Character, because you have a badass character that is so realistic, and she's not the usual character that you'd expect. Um, you see thrillers and you see the woman with the big, you know, the cleavage and, and, and the tiny waist and running around and, and so over-sexualized. And then you see Elizabeth Salander, who's, who's like the girl next door. door. Um, and, and I think for me, that's what brought uh, that book to the height that it has. And, and, and I am, and people think feminism is a bad word, but there are 130 million girls who are being pulled out of school in Africa, Asia, and some parts of Europe because they're being married off, you know, before they're 18. Uh, they're being um, sold off or used as, as chattel, used as uh, for menial labor. And I think as long as that's happening, I want the Elizabeth Salanders to kick ass over and over and over again so that some girl, some woman will read it and go, you know what? Bad things are happening, but I ain't going to sit down and take it. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight back. And it's possible because you and I live in a world where someone like me can come in, an immigrant girl, go to university, get my degrees, get an amazing job and do really well. So there is, we are, we humans can create these amazing environments where we are so lucky to live. But a huge portion of the world doesn't. So uh, I say keep Lisbeth's coming uh, because we need we need to we need to live. The, we need everyone to have the opportunities that you and I have. That's that's awesome. I think uh, another thing for, for me that made Lisbeth Lisbeth compelling is the, the the air of mystery around her, and you never really know what she's thinking or what she's going to do next. Like I remember in the second or third book and I'll try to say this without spoiling anything but she's accused of a heinous crime and then there are scenes with her from her point of view and she doesn't ever really think about you don't ever even know if she's guilty of the crime when they're they're her scenes she still she still you know does things throughout the book and you don't even know if she's guilty or not because you can't figure out what she's thinking her 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 mind is so closed off and so 
I don't, I'm not I'm not expressing myself very well, but she, you, you, it's it's so compelling because you don't know what's going on in her in her head when she's doing these things, and that so that for me made it very made it very intriguing. Yes, yes. Now I have books two and three, but I haven't read them yet because to me reading is like traveling. I've never want to travel back to the same countries that I've traveled to. I've traveled to forty plus countries now, and I just. I just can't. I just can't, Jim, go back to the same cities because there's such a huge world around. So it's the same thing with my books. I want to read different um, different authors. So I can't wait to go back and read the last two. But I love that first one. Yeah, and there's actually, um, you know, Stieg Larsson um, died of a heart attack maybe five, ten years ago now. I don't know how long ago. But there, there another author has taken over the book. So beyond the three he wrote... And there's there was rumored to be a fourth manuscript that he wrote that uh, yeah. he never delivered, and yeah. there's been three or four others by by other authors. I haven't read any of those. I don't know if they're any good or not. I get a I, I've read a lot of I've read a lot read a lot of reviews and they're not the most positive. I think it's hard when your favorite author passes away and you know you can see when someone else takes the pen. Um, now I haven't read it, so I shouldn't be speaking to it, but I think I'll stick with the first three. And yeah. and it's. It's the saddest thing that Stieg. Uh, I think we need more good people like Stieg on on this earth. Yeah. So, Takiri, what book of yours would you like to talk about today? Well, I have a series. Um, I call them the Red Heeled Rebel series, and they are. Uh, I talked about them at the beginning. Uh, they are about a group of young women and men um, who have uh, gone through all sorts of adversities around the world. They come from the slums of India, the, the, the brothels of Eastern Europe, There's, uh, where white slavery still happens and nobody talks about it, and uh, come from the refugee camps of Africa. And, and I talk of bring all these young uh, people together and uh, have them uh, exact uh, vigilante justice against the villains who, who, uh, who kept them down. And I make it very satisfying indeed. I am having such a ball writing the series. <laughs> I've, got the three, I've got three done. And I'm doing, I'm writing three more. I'm just plotting the next series out. So I'm learning a little bit more about guns and weapons and trying to give them some martial arts um, uh, expertise so they can go and kick some ass uh, <laughs> harder and faster. <laughs> so the, the first book in the series is called Betrayed. What's that one about? That one uh, follows the, the life of the, the main protagonist. She she's, uh, becomes orphaned after her parents die in a, car crash in, in uh, East Africa, and she's sent home, uh, sent to a family she never knew existed in India, and she realizes uh, she had these educated parents in Africa, and now they're gone, and she's now in a little village in India where women are treated really differently. She's she's pulled out of school, um, being um, sold to this man who is a rickshaw business owner and supposedly the richest man in that little village who wants a little girl as a second wife, and she rebels. Uh, and she, uh, of course, she gets away, and the story is her. Uh, when she gets away, she actually gets scooped up by a human trafficking uh, ring because those are the girls that these um, these these human traffickers uh, prey on. But she is, uh, but she's always finding fighting her way out. And uh, so the story follows her across three continents, and uh, I always make it a 
a point to only write about places I've traveled to or lived in so I can talk about them authentically. And so she follows kind of like my own journey, except I was lucky uh, I went to schools instead of brothels. <laughs> but so she, uh, we follow her journey and uh, how she um, how she meets all these other friends and then uh, gets back at the people who try to uh, to harm her. Have you read Livy Alone by Barry Eisler? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah, Betrayed yeah. sounds a little bit like that. It's not not yes. exactly the same, but there's some, I hear shades of that Livy Alone book in what you're describing uh, how Betrayed is. Yes, I read that book just a few months ago. And what happened to Livy Alone's sister? You know, she's it's, it's a sister who dies, and, and she's the one who's missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Livy Alone, is, is, she's the main protagonist and she's the I think she works for the FBI or some law enforcement agency but whatever happens to her missing sister is what uh, I guess that Asha is, has a similar journey and I just read that a few months ago and I'm I'm hooked so I, I've got to read the rest of his books mm-hmm. but I, I like the fact that we are open we're telling the world here's what's going on but make it entertaining uh, because you've got to you've got to take people through a story and give them satisfaction of that but at the same time let's not close our eyes and and have a beer or have a glass of wine and turn our backs to those our brothers and sisters around the world who are hurting Uh, because I think the more we become aware the more the harder it is for people to keep those curtains closed and I'm a big believer in I think it's Martin Luther King. He said that when we keep silent, we, we, uh, sorry, it was uh, Einstein, uh, that we allow those bad things to happen. I'm totally paraphrasing him in a terrible way. <laughs> but, you know, but he said that that's exactly how, I think he was talking about the Nazi um, uh, occupation and, and, and the Holocaust. But when we keep silent about things that matter, that's when we are, become part of the, the problem. So just becoming aware, if it's just reading a book, how amazing is that? We mm-hmm. still become a citizen of this world. Absolutely. It's curious, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you want to talk about? Anything, any any burning desires to get something to, about about uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo or your Red Heeled Rebels series, which is a great great series name, by the way. I like that a lot. Red Heeled Rebels. Thank you. Name. Anything I, else? Go ahead. No, no, but since you brought up Red Heeled Rebels, uh, do you, have you heard of the red sneaker effect? That name sounds familiar, but I can't. It's, I a, it's a research study done by, I think, Harvard scientists or some some scientist group. And they talked about how you can become a rebel. Rebel can have a negative to, uh, con- connotation, but can you become a rebel by doing something different and raising awareness to something that's really important and being a maverick, but bringing good to the world by being the maverick so you're not accepting things for as things for, as they are? And, uh, and he's... Just the study name came from one of the professors who wrote, uh, who wore red sneakers to one of his classes, and the the students ranked that lecture as high because he was different, he was cool, he was funky, he was a rebel, he wasn't the typical professor or what have you. Um, and and anyway, so I just uh, anyway I don't know why I'm sharing this with you, but that red sneaker effect is something that uh, I don't know why I want to share that with you, Jim. <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's probably the theme in my books, too. So I give my girls the red heels to say, be a maverick, be different. Excellent. Well, Zakiri, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been excellent to have you here. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Your Favorite Thriller podcast. 
I'm Jim Heskett, and if you want to support the show, please rate and review it online and tell a friend who loves thriller books. See you next time.